and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gabriel, and I'm joined in a Toulouse airport, which is actually filled with Bath fans, as always, by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Hi, mate. You um, you you sound just a bit like how I feel, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, slightly, a little, dusty uh, little bit dusty. Uh, certainly ready to get back to Bristol at this point. A long day today. Um, travelling back from Clermont to Toulouse for our flight back this afternoon. Um, it's been pretty tough, actually. Yeah, it, it certainly has. It's uh, not the easiest place in the world to, to get to, but <laughs> um, yeah, what a weekend it's been. Um, as always, uh, French rugby clubs delivering, um, both in terms of atmosphere and ultimately quality of rugby as well. <laughs> um, and yesterday, as you say, was, was really enjoyable and actually great to see so many Bath fans travelling out and, and making a real effort to, to get behind the boys. I know a few of the players have, have tweeted out um, uh, sort of after after the, the final whistle, basically just so they could hear the Bath fans the whole way through, um, sort of cheering them um, under you know, what, were, what were very difficult circumstances ultimately. Yeah, very difficult circumstances for the players. Um, but as you say, a fantastic atmosphere created by those Bath fans and by the, the Clermont Auvergne fans who... Because the game was over in 20 minutes, it actually was a really nice atmosphere in the stands and um, a bit of banter that we had between ourselves and the, the Clermont Auvergne fans sitting around us um, about just how sort of embarrassing it was almost getting at a point, but sort of about the quality of rugby and, and ultimately about a, a, an OK second half performance from the boys, Tom. I think we'll come on to the game in a little bit more detail in a moment. Let's talk a little bit more about the weekend we've had and um, you can probably tell by our voices it has been a really enjoyable one <laughs> and I would firstly just like to say if you um, did come up to us at all over the weekend, shared a beer with us, had a chat then thank you for doing that. It was um, a really good weekend. I'm sure I speak for all Bath fans when I say that but as you say it's on a fantastic weekend. Um, Claremont not the easiest place to get to but certainly worth it if you can do. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah we spoke about you know Marcel Michelin really being um, on the bucket list for many mm. fans of of European uh, rugby and, and 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 you know uh, rugby rugby more more generally and it, it certainly lived up to to those expectations. It's very gladiatorial in nature, um, you know, steep sided stands mm. uh, made for a really raucous atmosphere and also those um, almost like oh, bits, yeah. of, bits of paper that everyone bangs against the seat in front of them or against the the railing in front of them makes for um, makes for some noise um, and I think. Uh, Potentially, some of the younger guys weren't quite prepared for that, and you mm. can see that, you know, in some of the performances as as all come on to. Um, but it's a great learning experience for for all those guys, and a guy like Tom Ellis uh, to lead the club for the first time uh, out in a, in an atmosphere like that and against a club with um, of such such a prestigious club must have been uh, must have been uh, you know uh, really great for him. Mm, right, let's talk about the game. I think we are going to keep this one pretty brief. Because um, I don't think we can go for much longer, mate. But let's talk about the game. And it really sort of, the, the pattern for the game, the pattern for the, the first half was um, set out in those first five or ten minutes. You said that we had to start well, and we certainly didn't do that. Yeah, th- that was it. I think that was one of the um, you know, and the principal things we had to get right. Um, <laughs> couldn't really have, have been worse, to be perfectly honest. Gave away two penalties pretty much straight off the kickoff. Mm. Camel Lopez pinned us back. Um, I think Clermont potentially um, smelled blood um, of what was, uh, you know, ultimately a, a team low on confidence um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, struggling this season and kicked for the corner 
um, in that in that first couple of minutes, and then got their first try um, with 194 seconds on the <laughs> clock. So really not the start we wanted because, as as I said um, in the preview podcast, really sets the tone, got their tails up, and, and got the crowd behind them. Um, and and you know obviously three more tries followed then in that first quarter of the game, mm-hmm. um, and and as you say the game was really really over from that point, and um, we were never really in the fight, Drew. No, I think we um, the the game was over, and they had I think they had the bonus point secured after about twenty five minutes, and it looked like men the on, boys on twenty out minutes there, actually was it? Yeah. Um, so it looked like men against boys, and they just looked so much quicker than our players. They just looked so much stronger than our players. Um, and they were fantastic, but it was allowed. We allowed them to play like that, given uh, due to the errors that we made. Um, we said that we have to be absolutely perfect if we're going to get anything from the game, a positive result. And we just weren't. You know, the line-out really didn't function. Yeah. There was no discipline. Um, and and they, we, we allowed them to play fantastically well, which they did. They are a fantastic team when things are going well. But, um, yeah, shocking for, for first half forms from Bath. We, we gifted them those opportunities. And a lot of their tries came from from turnovers that we'd given them, thinking particularly about line-outs. Yeah, yeah, four line-outs of the first six we missed. And I think there were <coughs> ultimately three tries, three of those first four tries off the off the back of that. It wasn't a great day, if I'm being partic- if, if I'm being brutally honest, for Jack Walker. Mm. Um, I think it was the right decision to to bring on Tom Dunn at, at the at the halftime break just mm. to um, you know change change it up um, from that perspective. Yeah, I think McNally actually helped as well yeah. coming on at half time for, for Douglas who isn't as good a line out yeah. forward as McNally. I think the the, the the double switch there kind of helped in our positive second half performance. Yeah absolutely and you know it's an area that's been relatively good for us this mm. season so far has been there. Um, has been the set piece and, and and the lineup more specifically. So yeah, as I say, that was that was really disappointing because we weren't able to um, you know get any territory at all. I think they had you know seventy five eighty percent of territory and and possession within that first that first twenty minutes. Mm. Um, and the other thing was was our defence more more generally. Um, I thought we were generally pretty pretty poor throughout the whole eighty minutes. Actually, um, we we defended very narrow, um, uh, which basically allowed them to. Um, work around the eight, well, airport announcement there um, <laughs> from, our, from our studio here. Um, yeah, as I say, it just allowed them to um, you know, exploit us around the outside um, and ultimately you know, those guys out wide missing individual tackles. I think McConaughey missed three tackles, Roberts three tackles and Max Wright five tackles. So those are not numbers that um, those players are going to be are going to be happy about because the one thing you have to do it's now those one on one challenges against against runners like that because you know once they get in behind you um, it, it's they're they're incredibly difficult to stop. Yeah, apologies for that um, for that uh, announcement as you say over the PA. I can I can't even edit these things when I'm feeling good, so there's no chance that's getting edited out. Unfortunately, but yeah, there was some real turnstile tackling there, um, particularly thinking of the guys out wide. I mean, they're hard guys to bring down, guys like Racker. Um, and and Toyeva and who's that massive centre they brought on and Mawalo in there as well and even Peno who isn't like a massive massive guy but really difficult to tackle and we we let them make yards through a terrible terrible tackling as you say Tom um, moving on then into the the second half maybe and and was it an element of of us growing into the game and growing in confidence in that difficult atmosphere. Or was it an element that they took their foot off the gas, and and, and that was to, to sort of that was the reason why we were able to to get the four tries and, and make it look more respectable on the scoreline. I think it's mainly the latter, to be honest. I think after that you know, first twenty minutes, there was a sort of um, a noticeable change in atmosphere in the ground, and also mm. um, you know in their with, with their intensity intensity in attack. That said, you know credit to 
to, to the boys really for getting those two tries before half time because mm. that could have been really really ugly you know six tries for Clement in the in the first half it was looking like it was for all money going to be a record defeat in terms of in terms of points for uh, for Bath um, and you know we, we we did get those two tries which I think a made the scoreboard more sort of uh, probably less reflective of of the performance of both the sides because I think the golfing class was much more than um, mm. than, than just 25, 25 points or or whatever it was at, at that point. But I also think, you know, we did use the rolling mall really well mm. as a weapon. Um, you know, three of our four tries when we were able to get the, the line out right came from a rolling mall. It's an area that we mentioned before the podcast we, you know, we thought we'd, we'd look to exploit given what, given the success Ulster had there. So I think, you know, it was a combination of starting to play to our strengths a little bit, but probably more so, you know, Clermont really, really switching off to, to some extent knowing that, that the game is gone. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take too many yeah, I positives can, I from that, that four-trial bonus point. I completely agree. I think that that's not a reflection of where we are with our attack. We've seen this season that our attack isn't uh, an attack that's going to score four tries on, on a regular basis. And mm. I just think that when we got into their 22, they just wanted to get the ball back and have a run themselves because they knew how easily they could break our tackle. So I, I agree. I would say it was more an element of... Of, of them taking the foot off the gas, the atmosphere changed completely, as you say, Tom. It was more of a party atmosphere than having an atmosphere with any sort of edge to it. Uh, and I think that was a, a key contributing factor, but still good to score those tries. And I said that a bonus point of any kind would be a positive result, so I guess I can't be too critical of that. The mall is an area, as you say, Tommy, that, that we said that we had to exploit, and we did exploit um, well at times. One area which we also highlighted um, was the kicking game and how key that was to pin guys like Racker back. Um, and uh, for, for me, we, that, we did not do that successfully at all. Burns and Cook, both when they didn't kick enough for me and find grass, and when they yep. did, they kicked poorly. Uh, they didn't find either grass or the stands. They found straight into Racker or Tueva or Penno's breadbasket, and they were allowed to run back at us. Yeah, I think of that last try in particular, really, kind of mm. highlighted, highlighted that point, the, the Jack McIntyre point, which again was brilliantly taken. And, and ruthlessly taken by Clermont, but it was a kick from um, Chris Cook that just needed either to find touch or, at the very least, you know, kick to compete and and allow um, I think McConaughey on that right wing to to get up and compete with Racker because you know he had a ten meters, fifteen meters to get some steam up, go over the top of Max Wright and ultimately set up that try. Mm. And you just don't help yourselves when you when you kick poorly against teams like that because, as you say, that. That's exactly what what they want, and I think the frustration from a Bath perspective is that yes, the rolling mall was, um, you know, at times was a strong weapon, but I think you know against a potentially a defence that became less interested as the game wore on, it would have been a nice opportunity just to see glimpses of the attacking structure that we, that, you know, Gervin Dempsey etc. are trying to implement, and we just didn't really see anything like that, and it's really brought out in the numbers here, G. You know, only fifty mm. percent possession overall for for Clermont against our forty three percent. And and in that you know in that context, 630 meters for Clermont against our 225, 33 <laughs> defenders beaten versus our 16, 21 clean breaks Clermont 20, made, um, which is a, a staggering figure uh, to be honest, and, and you know says more about our sort of first up tackling and, and, and defence, um, and, and then as I say, compared with only four uh, clean breaks uh, for us, so um, yeah, hugely disappointing in in in, in terms of attack and. Um, you know, I think I really understand now sort of the frustrations that, that are coming through because we're just not really we're just not really seeing improvements in in, in mm. that area. 
no, what in the attack? No, we're not. Um, and although we did score those four tries, as you say, three of them came off the back of the rolling ball, which is not really a, an attacking sort of structure there, uh, more from the forwards. The one thing I thought was interesting as well is the mm. the players were getting worked really, really hard. Both the the guys, um, you know, in the warm up beforehand, like we were we were mm. standing watching them warm up, and Max Wright in particular, you know, his shirt was drenched in sweat. He looked really knackered, um, even before before we they were starting. Um, you know the French guys by 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 contrast popped out for ten minutes to, <laughs> to warm up, took a few drop goals, and then and then headed back in. And I think there was an element of we weren't quite as fresh as as we should have been. You know the guys coming on off the bench, they're getting worked really hard under the posts by by the strength and conditioning guys before they they were coming on. Sam Underhill after full time mm. was doing suicide runs, and I understand that you know all this training is um, very much science based and and, and science backed and. I'm not questioning, or I'm not suggesting I'm more of an expert in that area, but it did just seem to me that there was a, an element of of a lack of freshness with, mm. with with some of our players, and I would question with you know why we, they are working them so hard in 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 that warm up. And that would be you know a sort of wider point about that, Tom. And we discussed just how many injuries we get as a club, and a lot of them are actually freak injuries and knee injuries, as we've spoken about. But that could also play a part in that. I guess. Should we move on and talk a little bit of positivity? I think there were one or two positives to take um, from the game. Uh, and of the four tries is the main one. But I also think the scrum, yeah, particularly sure. those those first three guys, um, the props in particular, we've spoken about Walker's struggles on the day, but um, the props of Boyce and uh, Judge. Boyce and Judge. Yeah. I thought actually, you know, did really well and won a couple of penalties in that first half. Uh, which allowed us to, to kick to the corner and exploit that, that rolling ball. So I thought those two guys um, stepped up on a big stage uh, and it was difficult for Nixon and Aguero coming on, guys who have not played much rugby, but I thought the two starters in particular were, were impressive on Sunday. Absolutely, I think particularly Lewis Boyce, it was his best game in mm. the Bath shirt so far. Um, you know, a very young guy, only 23 and, and, and pretty raw, I think, at, at times, to deal with Sirikashvili, who, mm. who, as I mentioned, is a seriously experienced international player I thought he did extremely well and, and really had the edge in in, in that battle um, in the loose as well I thought he was one of our more effective players you know he made 11 tackles didn't miss one tackle um, but you know unlike some of the others that, that I mentioned so I thought he um, had a had a particularly strong game mm. um, but then I think we did start to, to fade slightly as, as the game wore on um, as you said Naguera did struggle when he came on Sam mm. Nixon as well who I thought looked pretty tired from from, from when he came on uh, played beyond honest, yellow card, and, and, and then was yellow carded for you know a relatively cynical um, uh, you know infringement at the at the breakdown. So yeah, Lewis Boyce I think in particular was was one of, was one of the standout guys. You're right. Any other individual or, or more general positives to take from from this weekend apart from our fantastic hazy memory of it? Is there anything on the rugby side that we should be clinging on to? Um, so one thing we we haven't mentioned actually just mm. just on on the game itself we. Um, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to to meet Ben Whitehouse, the, <laughs> yeah. the referee, um, for 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 a couple of drinks after he, he happens to be in the same uh, bar that we were in town. And just what a you know, a what a top bloke he is, yeah, and, and how bloke. grounded and um, you know, really willing to speak freely about the game and about his his experiences, and also just how you know, I, I think it was really great to see everyone just coming together. Obviously, we'd suffered a pretty painful defeat. There were Clermont fans there. There was the referee himself, Ben Whitehouse, there, and there were bar fans. All sort of chatting and, and and just enjoying the the weekend. So I think for me, um, you know, that was a really positive to see um, and and just to see that you know 
fans and referees and, and players after the game. You know, we, we mm. spoke to a couple of the guys after the game can all sort of come together in what are pretty painful times for, for bar fans and, and players and coaches um, and, you know, come together and, and, and share a beer and, and some stories. Yeah, I think Ben Whitehouse was a really impressive guy, really nice guy, as you say, Tom. And, um, you know, you forget kind of that it's a massive day for, for someone like him, yeah. uh, an inexperienced guy. I think he said he was only 29 years old. Um, and and he, I don't know if he's ever wrecked in that environment before. I don't think he has. And I think there were people there. Um, his mates were there who'd come to watch him, and he, he had a really good uh, game as well. I was pulling him up on a couple of decisions, but really I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he, he, he was quite interesting. There were a few high tackles, which is something that we, mm. we haven't mentioned. I think four or five infringements there, and I'm, I mentioned that to him and, and thought, you know, some of them potentially were a bit soft, and he, you know, he completely agreed with me, but he was like that, you know, we'll get pinged up, criticised pretty heavily in the you know, the review that all the referees do together if we're not mm. if we're not giving those now. Um so yeah, I, th- I think he had a I think he had a yeah, big so day. You should, uh, the point I was making that you forget it's such a big day for, for him and yeah, yeah, a real nice guy and, and that, that atmosphere. You know, it was like that when we when we played Toulouse last season, the the, the post match um, atmosphere, the uh, drinking atmosphere mm. in and around the ground. It's just so fabulous. And I know they've got the swift half at the wreck, but it doesn't really fulfill that same role as well. The the atmosphere last night after the game with, as you say, fans from both Sunday sides. Sunday night as together. well. Yeah, <laughs> Sunday night. I don't know how some of them are going to be in work today. I'm glad I'm not in work today, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, um, But yeah, really good atmosphere and sort of capped the weekend off absolutely perfectly. A fantastic weekend again. Absolutely. We're we, uh, we going to move on to... Look ahead, or uh, I think we'll. Um, I mean, do you want to make some points about about the London Irish game? Well, or? I was just going to say that now, I guess you know, Champions Cup fully done as we as we knew it was already, but now we're into a really important Premiership block. Mm. You know, I'm sure we'll sort of come on to this in the next couple of, of podcasts, but a three week straight period now over Christmas. We, we, we've spoken about this block before: London Irish away, Sale at home, um, who, who are looking good this season, but don't travel historically uh, that well, and then Gloucester away, which mm. you know is obviously a massive game from a a rivalry and, and, and sort of derby perspective. So yeah, I think the game on on Sunday at, at the Majestic Stadium is going to be is going to be absolutely massive. You know, we haven't touched on it, and um, it's a bit of an elephant in the room in that there are lots of Bath fans calling for um, changes to be made for to the coaching setup, mm. uh, calling Stuart Hooper's role in, into question. Um, we've been through this this quite a lot, and we you know share the same view that there are there are bigger issues, mm-hmm. particularly on the on the coaching side. Um, and I. For one, you know, aren't, aren't, don't tend to be sort of partial with this, this sort of reactionary um, uh, uh, feeling amongst amongst bar fans that Hooper should go. Um, I think we stick with him, but the one thing he does need to start doing is, is start winning. Mm-hmm. And if we fail to get any positive results from these next three games, um, we're back into Champions Cup. There, uh, you know, we won't then have another Premiership game until the end of the end of the end of January. Uh, those voices will be, begin to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we're sort of in, in footstead, uh, if, if that's the expression, um, about the Hooper thing. And I understand the frustrations, but as you say, I think there are far bigger issues. But yeah, London Irish on Sunday, um, a game that I think we might be going to, mate, yep. um, if we can get ourselves up there, um, is a huge is a huge um, fixture for, uh, for Bath to start trying stacking wins, stacking points, because otherwise it could start getting pretty hairy at the bottom end of the table. Um, any other points then, Tom? I, I, I should say as well, we're not entirely sure about the schedule of the podcast going forward the next week. We may have one out um, before the London Irish game. Um, we may not. And if, we're, if we don't, then we'll be back to review it um, uh, on the Monday 
following the, the London Irish game. But if we can get together and do a preview one of the London Irish game in a bit more detail, because I must admit I've not really looked into it um, in enough de- in enough depth. So we may get one out to you slightly later in the week, um, but we can't promise that, unfortunately. Um, any other points on the weekend, Tom? No, I think we should probably head up to our, our gate. And uh, I think our flight's been delayed a bit, but we yeah. should probably head up and... Uh, and join the rest of the bar funds there yeah so thank you very much for listening um, hopefully you've been following us on social media um, over the weekend hopefully you've enjoyed the content on there and if you haven't then do follow us and look back on it at Bath Rugby Plug get in touch with us with your thoughts as some French people come into this gate with us we're going to say goodbye we'll be back very soon but stick behind the boys through thick and thin <laughs>